Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Land Your Ground. I'm the host Chase Burns here with a good friend today and a special guest for episode two. We have Shay Litweiler, who's going to talk to us about beginning uh, out as a farmer and growing an operation uh, by picking up his own piece of land and just some really cool stories, the, the genesis, I guess, of a farmer. So I'm excited. I really appreciate you coming in here today, and I hope that our guests are going to get a lot out of this. Welcome, Shay. How are we doing today? Doing real good. How are you? Good. Doing really, really well. We good. got a little bit of a rain today, which is okay with you or not? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not quite ready to roll for harvest, so we're. Yeah, it's good for me. Yeah, at we the need, time need some moisture. Yes, yes, we do. At the time we're recording this, we're late September, coming up. Harvest is like just spitting distance away, right? Yep. Next week I'll be harvesting. Yeah. So. Well, why don't, forward to it. why don't we start with you just kind of telling us a little bit about, I mean, I've known you for quite a few years. I was thinking last night about when we first met and I think it was a, a church potluck is the first time I remember actually meeting Shay Litweiler yep. and uh, grabbing my food and going <laughs> through the line. And this guy asked me like, so what do you do? Right. He'll tell you what I do. And you told me what you do. And next thing I know is like, you're sitting here, you're sitting here at my table. Yeah. <laughs> that conversation you, was we had a little business that we needed to get yeah, done and which, God put you in the perfect spot at this perfect time. Well, he put you in the perfect spot too. We've yeah. talked about that before. So yep. it's just, uh, it's amazing, amazing how God brings people's paths together sometimes. And so, um, for the viewers and the people that are listening to this, who don't know, um, Shay is one of my dear friends, uh, got a lot of respect for this guy. And I think after you hear a little bit more of his story, um, I'm excited for people to get to hear more about you because I think a lot of people, um, I don't know anybody who knows you who doesn't have good things to say. So, that's good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's right. That's, that's most we can hope for in life. I think but, so. uh, um, so anyway, why don't you, you know, give us, give us a little bit of an introduction so that I can quit botching it and just hear like, who is Shay Litweiler? Tell me what's your story. Well, um, 39 years old, born and raised in Alito, Illinois. Um, we, uh, just had normal childhood, you know, we lived in town in Alito, um, and, uh, graduated from Alito high school, went to, um, Blackhawk college for two and a half years for, uh, law enforcement, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, after I went two and a half years there, I got a job at Alito police department. Um, city cop, city cop. Yeah. Did you enjoy was, that? Uh, was that like you, I you enjoyed it the at dream? the time, but I'm yeah. very glad I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> That's a but, young uh, man's job. Miss the people that I worked with and everything, but yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I worked third shifts almost for seven and a half, seven and a half years. Yeah, that's rough. Um, I was school resource officer for like two years. That's um, an important job, which was good working days, and we had. Well, we had one kid at the time. Um, we now have five. Up to five. Yeah. So I'll tell you that story in a second. But uh, we um, went to Blackhawk, got the police job, um, was a firefighter, volunteer firefighter in Alito, uh, worked on the ambulance crew in Alito uh, as an EMT for a couple years. Um, Big into community service, aren't you? I was. Yeah. yeah. I kind of. I kind of did it all and took it all out and yeah. just wanted to learn more about everything. What made, thinking, you, what made you want to go the law enforcement path? 
I mean, I think I kind of... So going back just a little bit back into high school, I wanted to be a landscape architect. So... A little bit of a shift. I'm not sure. There was an opportunity, I think, uh, talking to somebody on the local police department that they needed people. They always needed people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it just sparked my interest enough to um, change paths, I guess. But uh, that's where I ended up. Yeah. Um, so got 2005, got a uh, police officer job in Alito. Um, and this kind of spins into the next part of my life, but got my first job living with my parents, had a little money. Yeah. So I went and bought, bought a new four wheeler. <clears throat> and uh, while I was at a um, pancake breakfast, believe it or not, my wife walked through the line. Oh. Soon to be white. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, Woman loves pancakes. That's She's, right. <laughs> after so, my own heart. <laughs> so we, uh, we had known each other our whole lives, family. Um, mm -hmm. Lisa was friends with my brother in, in his grade and stuff. So it was, gotcha. it's kind of a little awkward. But anyhow, I asked her I asked her if she wanted to go four-wheeling. So, uh, it's a great not, first date. Yeah. So we went four-wheeling, ended up at her family's pond. For a couple hours and then ended mm -hmm. up back at her house talking until the wee hours of the night. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, in 2006, married Lisa. Um, and she um, she grew up on a farm north of Alito. Mm -hmm. um, so met her. I was a police officer for, yeah, seven years. We had Tice in 2008 and then uh, Grace in 2000. 11 my years might be off but yeah um, so you got one first first one's a son first and one's you have boy, four daughters four girls so yeah that's interesting yeah. but uh so yeah we um fast forward a little bit we had our kids uh, we actually moved back into well let me go back a second uh i was i was police officer for the seven and a half years, mm -hmm. probably the last three or four years of that, maybe even more than that, probably five. I was helping on the family farm, uh, Lisa's okay. family farm, kind of helping with planting and harvest and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mainly just, just a kind of a grunt. I mean, drive a tractor yeah, here and there, auger car here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, straight trucks, wagons, pulled wagons around mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I was working third shift. I'd get off in the morning, go home, nap for a couple hours, come back to the farm, work for three or four hours, go home, take a nap, go back to work. Yeah. And that was my, that was my life during harvest, uh, and, and planting too, did some field work and stuff like that. Um, so probably didn't do much with the livestock yet though, did you? No, no. I mean, I might, <clears throat> again, might've been a, you know, mm -hmm. a guy to help sort or stand there and run a gate or something like that, but sure. no, no involvement. Yeah. Not in charge of it. Not learning anything, just just being there yep. as a extra body. Yeah. So, um, 2013, my mother in law died uh, in a side by side accident, and from there, uh, life changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, we had Tyson Grace at the time. Tyson was five, and Grace was two. Um, so. Uh, this was this was like, and I know this is an emotional topic for you, so you know, d talk about it as much as you feel comfortable if you want to. But yeah. um, I I think this part of your story is 
one of the most interesting of any of like the, the farmers that I've ever met or talked to because most of them are born into it, right? <clears throat> most people don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden they're thrust into a farm business. And, yeah. Um, so when you, when you're working as a city cop and you're kind of just pitching in here or there when there's a need and then you're kind of the, the matriarch of the family, right? Oh yeah. She, she was the hub, right? Yeah, oh yeah. She was the hub of everything. Yeah. The farming operation, the family, mm-hmm. everything. So, so, I mean, big loss on, on obviously every level. Yeah. But yeah. when that happened, uh, there just became this hole, right? And it was just some, you know, more than just emotionally, but like stuff had to get done. Yeah. And you yeah, were still was... working as a cop at that time. Yeah. So actually I was, I was hired by Bill and Marion, um, just about one year before she passed. Okay. So, um, they had a, they had a guy helping them, um, had an accident, uh, ended up, they hired me, mm-hmm. um, took, a, took a pretty big pay cut to come to the farm. Uh, but we, we ended up selling our house in preemption where we lived, uh, our whole married life, I guess. And then ended up just a quarter mile down the road from the farm. Yeah. Uh, we bought a house at auction. So I was close to the farm, mm-hmm. was able to, was able to help a lot. Yeah. more you know so they hired me basically as a truck driver fall help spring help mm-hmm. cattle help you know i was just hired hand doing everything and anything yeah picking up rocks sticks <laughs> all those jobs <laughs> that now i can send my kids to do yes but it's anyhow nice to have children around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but yeah so i was just like a year mm-hmm. so had a year on the farm really again i was I was a grunt. I mean, I, a lot, a lot to learn. I just, I mean, I, they gave me 30 acres, um, about the time that I came on mm-hmm. that I could start farming on my own. Okay. So that was like first year I planted 30 yeah. acres. Yeah. Didn't do anything else. Didn't plant anything else, but planted 30 acres. Yeah. Uh, and then it was fun, you know, getting going, trying to figure things Corn out. Corn and beans. Corn right? and beans. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, just. I mean, I'd never run the baler. I'd never, uh, did you ever think that you would become a farmer? Like when you were growing up and you were thinking about all your career paths, did you ever, was it ever like on your radar or something that like, you know, some kids dream of being a fireman and yeah. never do it. And some kids dream about being an astronaut, but like there are kids that dream about farming every day because they play with little trucks and tractors on the living room floor. Grandma, grandpa own a farm or dad yeah. is a farmer or something. They're, they're somehow tied to it. Yeah. So and, the little kid playing with tractors yeah. and pedal tractors and all that stuff, that was me. No, oh, so that was your resume. It, it, it was, <laughs> but I just didn't have a place to go yeah. to do that stuff. So actually going back to childhood, um, there was a farmer, Jim Childs, right on the edge of town. Great guy. And uh, <laughs> I used to ride my bike out there and going back to pedal tractor days like mm-hmm. me and my friend his his dad built like wagons and disc and everything to pull behind our pedal tractors so we had backing competitions like we you know figured out how to maneuver stuff that mm-hmm. was that was what we did as kids so funny thing we went out i went out to this farm rode my bike out he had pigs um like open air pigs out in the mm-hmm. lot and stuff yeah and uh so <laughs> He needed somebody to haul water and just so happened he put me on a farm haul h one day and i'm probably 
I don't know, 10, 11, maybe, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, hey, we got to go water the pigs. He thought uh, you were up for the task. I was like, all right. He's like, can you back up? I said, oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm semi-pro. So <laughs> <laughs> Do it all the time. <laughs> when I, I did. I went out on that Farmall H with no, no power steering and uh, backed right up to the water tank. And that was my job. Yeah. For the summers, I would ride my bike out. Boom. You're get hired. on the water tank. Go do that. I help them, uh, help them cut some pigs every once in a while. And mm-hmm. when I was, you know, little pigs, because I couldn't handle the big stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, I always loved the farm life. I would say, mm-hmm. but um, just in basically, I went out and helped so I could hop on his four wheeler when I got done working yeah, <laughs> and go ride the four wheeler because yeah. I loved riding four wheelers. But. Right didn't have one in town and everything so yeah that was the perk of it i guess yeah got you into the country a little bit got a taste of it so and then you know a buddy of mine grew up on a farm and i was out of his farm a lot Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i loved the farm life i loved being out in the country loved all that stuff but but you never thought it was my future yeah so yeah so fast forward again back up to now uh post Post your mother-in-law passing, mm-hmm. now you're all of a sudden you wake up the next day. What happens? Like, hmm. a lot. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, no doubt. Let's say uh, particularly with the farm, yeah, the farm operation. So I felt like at that time, uh, God just told me he's like, "This is going to take Bill a little while, my father-in-law, to get through this stuff," mm-hmm. and. Uh, you're 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 the man for the job so yeah i don't know what it you know don't know what it looks like for you but you're the you're you're here for a reason yeah and uh so at the time we had about uh she died december and we started calving in january i had no experience with cattle i mean yeah I was the guy that and helped how many, sort. How many head are we talking so about? So we were running 86 cows at the time. Okay. So we got 86 and, uh, bred cows yep. ready to calve ready, within a few weeks. Ready and, to calve. She died December 31st. Oh, wow. Middle of January was, I mean, I, we already had some in and locked in, like, yeah. ready to calve. So. Yeah. Uh, so at the time, we had just moved into the home farm. So mm-hmm. all of our calving operation is at the home farm there. So that was going to be my job was watching, watching the calves yeah. with help, obviously, uh, you know, Marion was going to come up and sure. she was teaching me what to, what to look for in a, you know, how, when they're getting close to calving, right. spring yeah. and bag yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. What and, are the cues? Yeah. Yeah. I knew none of it. So <laughs> what'd you do? So here I am, uh, trying to figure out of 86 cows which ones I'm supposed to lock in. I can't imagine. <laughs> so I ended up I have a I, hard time figuring it out sometimes. So I ended up locking in probably fifty percent of the herd. Every <laughs> They're all gonna go every tomorrow. Night, I don't every know. night because I'm like yeah. like I don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah, that one looks like it has a bag. I, I Yeah. And that's all I like I didn't even think about like the like the springing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Never been taught that. I mean maybe once in a once in a while, Marion would be like, you know, I'm keeping that one in because it's springing. I didn't pay attention because sure. I thought she was gonna, right. was she it, was, was gonna be there thing? to do it all, right? Yeah. So I, I don't need to know that yet. So I mean, I would look at one that has uh, maybe three quarters of bag full, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna calve like tonight, you know? Yeah. Well, it never failed. I'd have 
I don't know how many, but I'd have a lot of them locked in. Yeah. And I was getting up. Uh, didn't have cameras at the time, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was getting up probably every, I would say every hour yeah. on the hour. Back to third shift again. Back to third, and yeah, second, basically, and yes, yeah, <laughs> all hours of the day. So yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was getting up, you know, walking out, and this is January mm-hmm. in the Midwest. So you'd walk out at one o'clock in the morning. As soon as you walk out the door, you know, you just feel like you got slapped in the face by yeah. the by the weather. The, you the walk air out hurts your face here in yeah. January. <laughs> so you go out, you walk through all the cattle and the ones you got locked in and you're like, I don't see anything. Never failed that first year. Walked out into the where because I would bring everything in every night. They used yeah. to Marion was so good that she would sort them off. And I mean, it never failed. She had them locked in. She knew which ones and the ones that weren't close or whatever, she yeah. would let them go out in 300 acres of cropland mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, do yeah. their thing. Well, I wasn't doing that. Like I had them all locked in all of the lots that I had. And sure enough, you'd go out in the ones that I didn't lock in. There'd be a calf. There's a baby calf <laughs> laying in the snow, laying in oh, the slop, yeah. you know, whatever it was at that time. Yeah. So, um, I told somebody never pull, I had pulled a calf, but -hmm. never been the one to put the chains on, never been the one to, you know, run the jack, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that first year I bet I pulled 12 of the first 20 calves that just because I was scared, like I didn't know. I didn't know what to, you know, Hey, I I, I saw, yeah, Yeah. I saw a water sack or I saw, you know, a foot and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to get that thing out. So I would. I'd get in there and pull it out. Right. It didn't need pulled probably, but that's what I did because I was I didn't want a dead calf. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. I mean, we had at the. T- I mean, my mother and father in law used to do this all the time too. But I bet I had fifteen calves in our basement. Uh, that's how we warmed them. <laughs> we didn't have like yeah. you, we didn't have a warmer calf warmer or anything mm-hmm. at the time. So that's what a walkout basement is for, right? So I would, I'd throw them on the back of the four wheeler, drive them up to the house. We had a little yeah. bathroom right inside the back door, and uh, that's what I did. Put mm-hmm. them in there until I thought they were good. Take them back yeah. out. But Pe- people who aren't familiar with farm life, uh, that's a totally foreign concept to them. Oh, and like they would not like you when somebody hears that for the first time. They're like, "You did what with a baby calf?" Yeah. Like, Covered in goop and manure and whatever, and you brought it in to put it in your oh, bathtub, yeah. or you oh, did what yeah. you know, or, or how many baby lambs did you have in, yeah. your, in your garage? Like, <laughs> this is normal, okay? You if, ha- you're, if you're not from the farm and you just have no exposure to that, yeah. you would just be like, What don't you have barns? You just we do, right? We do, mm-hmm. but you care enough about the animal that you're not going to risk it. You just that- that barn's 30 degrees or negative 20 degrees, whatever it is at right. the same time. And it, you yeah. know, it's ours, no is, ours is an open face, you know, shed. So yeah. if, if the, if the damage is making a little bit of a mess, but you get that calf's body temperature warmed up and you save its life and you ensure that like, this is our next crop. Like this is how we make a living. And yeah. not only just do we care about, you know, yeah. the humane aspect of the animal, but this is, this is money, right? Yeah. I mean, and you gotta, I, you gotta make sure that that crop of beef, makes it from day one all the way to the time it's ready to go to a locker or you've made zero dollars exactly it's big so it was it was uh it was something 
Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I didn't so, sleep. Yeah. You know, it was. You aged 10 years that first uh, season. I would say yes, absolutely. You don't, it was, lo- you uh, don't look it. I didn't mean to make it. <laughs> like. Well, there's no hair left yeah. underneath his hat. But, well, maybe. Well, he also had five gr- kids. It's so great. It's a yeah, combination of yeah, things, right? It's a combination. But it was, uh, you know, I'll never forget. I had one that I wasn't, wasn't sucking on the mother. Mm-hmm. And that was Marion's. Yeah. That yep. was Marion's job. And uh, she was the she was the one who to, to, the to bottle bottle, bottle feed him. So I'll never forget taking it uh, down to my father in law's house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no clue what to do here. I know it needs bagged. Yeah, but I have no clue. And you know he's uh, he's struggling. Obviously, lost sure. his wife, and and he wasn't in his right mind at the time. And I'll I'll never forget we we bottle we tubed this calf and ended up killing it. Uh, and yeah. within, you know, minutes, yeah, it was dead. And I just, you know, through this whole thing, um, the people that came around, like my vet, I called him and I was like, listen, I'm yep. not going to have another dead calf. So I need you here like now showing me how to do this. Yeah. And I mean, showed up instantly, showed me everything, yeah. you know, and I could do it in my sleep now. It's just, yep. you know, second nature. There's, but there are, there are doctors that have outstanding head knowledge right absolutely brilliant minds but have horrible bedside manner and the same i think is true with vets yeah so there are some large animal vets that are just like they are coaches they are teachers at heart and they want you to be successful as a producer yeah they care immensely about the animals so like they if you need help they're just going to show up there and drop everything and come and help yeah and then there you know there are some that like that's, I don't want to say that's a rare quality because I think there's a lot of vets that really are amazing at what they do, but that's not every vet. And some, yeah. so you're pretty blessed if you have one in your area, somebody that you can call on like that. Yeah. And these, uh, we actually just switched to a guy from, uh, El, <clears throat> a guy from Eldridge, Iowa, yeah. believe it or not. And, uh, I swear to you, every time I called, man, they were there and felt like, 20 minutes yeah it might have been yeah. longer because they're coming from elder Iowa, but but they're just they were great um i mean still to this day great they've been going through yeah uh, they've been doing just everything for me they help me all the time but i think you know going back to uh the calving part and just the struggle of it all mm-hmm. i have to say that the the amount of people like what i say is my team you know right. like yeah from crops to um, Evan Marston at Marston Egg and uh, FS, I've had two or three: Dave Cooper, Brad Sunken, Joe Franks. Like, um, just every aspect of farming, like they were there. You know, yeah. Like they knew that they knew that Bill knew everything. Bill could do everything, but yeah, they also knew that Bill was struggling. Bill was going through the loss. Mm-hmm. And, so, so yeah, we you were get, the guy and they had to get you up to speed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't even, I mean, really, I can probably tell you that, I mean, I remember little stories like that of the first couple of years, yeah. but man, it was a blur. Yeah. I'll like, bet. I mean, yeah, that's how most people feel about having kids like the first year or two where they're, Oh, the little bit sleep deprived or whatever. They just feel like, Oh, the kids grow up so fast. I hardly remember any of it. Cause it's such a blur. It's like, yeah. well, you were doing that and yeah. 87 cows and all kinds of right yeah yeah so at the time i think on. they i think they were farming around 
I bet it was around 1500 acres or so okay. that they were farming. Yep. Um, mostly. So tell me about, let's talk about the land for just okay. a little bit. So this is Hoffman farms. Yep. Okay. So what's the, what's the family history there? Do you, I mean, any of that that you can share? I know Bill's a fourth generation farmer. Um, wow. Started up near Edgington area Okay, is where the family was. Um, his dad owned the farm that we're actually on now, uh, bought that farm. And then Bill and Marion bought that farm from them. And, uh, so we're living in the house now. Mm-hmm. Um, currently we own about 850 to 900 acres, somewhere in there. Okay. Probably 850 yeah. row crop acres, probably, yep. probably 950 altogether with pasture. Yeah, some and, pasture and hay ground. Yeah. Hay ground. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, we have, currently we have like 42 cows running a cow-calf operation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we do hay. And it's Angus primarily? I mean, it's a primarily, uh, started out, they were pretty much all Angus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had some, I got some red Angus now. I actually got two Charlays on the farm right now. A little, now, little bit so. of flavor. Yep. Yeah, so I'll yeah. take them all in. Yeah. <laughs> if they're having babies, we're good. So, uh, <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, he, he has all that acreage. I'm, I guess, under Litweiler Farms, if that's what you want to say, mm-hmm. is uh, running about 300 acres that I rent. Yep. Um, last year, Lisa and I were able to buy our first 40 acres. Yeah. So, which was huge for us. Uh, we've been trying, huge. trying for, yeah, it's been 10 years that's, that Marion's been gone. So, yeah, we've been trying for probably seven or eight. Yeah. And, uh. So yeah, we just kind of waiting for the right yep. opportunity, the right time. Yep. Yeah. And being so. being in that position where you can do it, you can make it happen, go for it when it came up. And yeah. It's pretty close to home too, right? It is. Yeah. Just a couple miles down the road. Um so I should also say that uh during all of this with uh if you go back to that January of two thousand thirteen, mm-hmm. my wife does uh taxes for Charlie's right. tax She's, service. Yeah, an accountant, right? Yep, accountant. And so I should say that also. I mean, she, Marion, was the accountant of the farm. Okay, she was the bookkeeper. So Lisa and I both got yeah inundated, like yeah. dropped in our laps. Like, hey, here, take care of a 1,600-acre acre farm, all the finances, mm-hmm. and with no prior knowledge right I mean, she no, nobody there kind of training you up there was nothing i mean there was a tax guy at the time and an accountant that, yeah. that helped her guided her you know but she had to do it all yeah um so yeah and then so died in uh december february she starts tax season oh, so boy. so she's you know she's in that same boat she's trying to just balance two kids at the time and mm-hmm. I'm doing all the calving stuff still and she's back to work and crazy absolutely yeah. insane times yeah so baptism by fire yeah really. absolutely I mean, right so yeah so um one of the things we've talked about before is like how most people when they change careers or whatever there's a learning curve and your learning curve had to be like shortened as much as possible and so did hers yeah. And, and you guys, like I, I have told you this before and I've said it to numerous other people that like, one of the things I think is I admire so much about you guys is that when somebody meets you today, they would not have any idea that like, that you guys haven't been doing that since day one. Like 
I wouldn't have known. I, I remember now, I think the first time I heard your name mentioned by my wife, she went to a, a homeschool co-op thing. I think it was where they took all the kids in and they had like learning about the farm type thing. And she tells yeah. she comes home and tells me about, well, here's what the kids did. They had, they had this, uh, this guy Shay showed up with a, a truck and trailer and brought a little calf out for them to see and talk, you know, yep. and, and she said she was so impressed because the way you were handling the calf, the way you were talking to the kids and kind of talking about farming and talking about cattle and stuff. She's like, I just figured this guy's been doing this whole, his whole life. And then after he puts the calf away, he's like, yeah, well, this is my second year. You know, she's like, what? Like, you just, yeah. just decided to jump into this, you know, yeah. but it's like, um, you guys, you got the grit and the tenacity to just be successful at it. And like, there's, there's too much at stake to, there's no failing, right? Like it's failure. It just wasn't an option. So you know, like, I mean, that was to tackle our, it and do it. That was our biggest thing. Lisa and I both, it's like, either we're doing this or there's not going to yeah. be a farm. Right. I mean, who's going to do it? Right. Go. You, I mean, it's your turn to carry the torch. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, you're yeah. either doing it or it's going to fail mm -hmm. or, you know, it's all going to get sold or however, however it happened, something bad was going to happen. So sure. Yeah. So t tell me, tell me again, like now, now you're actually a landowner. We're going back up to you purchased a 40 last year. Yep. What was that process like for you? I mean, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was an awesome process. And the fact that we had had probably three tracks of land before that, that we were sure like we're buying them mm -hmm. and uh you know either <laughs> big plans were made big plans were made yeah. and either you know banker was like hey this isn't you know this isn't gonna work or yeah or it you know sold before we had a chance to you know put the offer on or whatever it was gonna be but mm -hmm. um so you had yeah, a few dry was, runs yeah couple, so and in a lot of uh i mean a lot i was very i mean not angry about it but in the fact that you know we're we're saving money we're trying to do this we're trying to trying to make this work and uh why is it not working yeah. why is it yeah but uh uh yeah lisa just kept reminding me she's like hey it's just not our time it's just not our time mm -hmm. so yeah this 40 i ended up uh i went to a township meeting because i'm on the township board and guy sitting across from me, he's like, Hey, my uncle's getting ready to sell this land. Yeah. And, uh, I knew right where it was because it, it butted up with some farms that we were farming. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> the really crazy thing about it is, is because it was butting up to this farm, uh, Tom Hoffman and I can say Tom Hoffman all the way through was integral in the cattle operation. Mm -hmm. Hey, like keeping me going. He was the, he was my farm dad, I say. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so he farmed this land as, and, uh, I ended up doing a custom for him for like probably three or four years. Cause, uh, I was right there. Mm -hmm. It was the same crop as ours. Yeah. Hey, give me the seed. I'll put it in for you. I'll take it out for you, you know? And, uh, so I had been farming the land. I knew the land as soon as he said what piece it was. And I right, was like, right. Hey, that, that's like exactly what we need right now. Mm -hmm. So literally gave him a phone call the next day got his number from uh jimmy wood and talked called tom wood and made the deal over yeah. the phone i mean it was 
I, I don't know if it happened that next day or the day after. I, actually, I think I called and talked to you and wanted your opinion on it. Yeah, and, uh, pick, pick some people's brains. Sure, yeah. yeah and, make uh, sure this makes sense. Yep. So happened, made sense, yeah. and uh, so now we're landowners. Yeah. Well, what's that feel like? Like you'd been farming, you'd been kind of uh, had become – a huge part of a farm, a family farm operation, you know, it wasn't your genealogically wasn't your side of the family, but now this is your family. Yeah. And here you are like kind of helping run this farm or spearhead things. You're the, you're the man, you know, that's uh, behind the steering wheel, so to speak. But is it different when you own a piece that's actually like got your name on it? Is that, what was that like? It's uh it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, going, I, I just remember, uh, going to plant it the first time and this, just this, this year I haven't harvest, harvested a crop off of it yet, but I, I just remember pulling in there and taking a picture and I sent it to Lisa and I'm like, I'm farming our land. Yeah. Like this is ours. <laughs> it's nobody else's. Like, and, and she's like, well, yeah, duh, big whoop. Right. <laughs> exactly. She's like, uh, well, yeah. And she, she doesn't get excited about that stuff, but oh, I'm sure she, I, she was probably sure she excited, was. Yeah. but, uh, but I, yeah, I was just ecstatic to be, to yeah. be doing it now. Uh, quick side note is, uh, you have to go certify your crop, you know, that mm-hmm. you've planted it with the FSA. Right. Yeah. I forgot my own farm this year. <laughs> I uh, I literally You're probably not the first person <laughs> to let that happen. I literally had everything <clears throat> everything down and uh I was adding up acres and I was like this, this doesn't add up. What the heck? Mm-hmm. And uh all of a sudden I was like I my own 40 acres that I actually <laughs> own now. 40 acres like It's here. <laughs> uh it's not here. I don't even have the map for it. What is happening? So Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I I remember the first time like after we bought a farm, it was something that I had looked forward to for so long, wanted it so bad. And when we finally got there that like after that first deer season had passed, I walked out into the woods with a chainsaw and I, was, I had done a lot of chainsaw work before, a lot of forest work, a lot of timber stain improvement and whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we're going to start here on this piece. And the first time I, I picked out the first tree I was going to cut, fired it up, cut this tree and I'm watching it fall. And as the tree goes down, I like stepped back and I was looking around and I was like, it was like, I was waiting for somebody to yell at me. I was like, seriously, I was like, I felt like I'm going to get in trouble. Like I just cut a tree down that I'd, and then it, like it, it really took a minute for it to sink in that like you cut whatever trees you want, Chase, like this is your property. Steward, like yeah. you are now in charge. You're the steward yeah. of this piece of God's creation. So then yep. it was just like, Oh wow. Okay. That's kind of exciting. And then also at the same time, it's like, well, that's a big responsibility, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's a totally different feeling. Yeah. Even though it's a process you're used to doing, but when it's on ground that's got your name on it, it's kind of like, wow, wow, this is, it's my turn to do this and make sure I do it right. Yeah. It's kind of surreal really. Cause I, I didn't know when that day was coming or if it was coming that it would be, you know, my name on the Lisa and I's name on the, yeah, on the deed or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, hopefully we can, own more down the road, but well, see, so you got to start somewhere. Right? So. That's what every farmer says. If you're, you know, if you're in the farming business at all, uh, they say, well, it's not that I need to own all the land in the world. I just want to own mine and then everything that touches it. Yeah. 
So I don't think that's too much. (laughs) There's a a certain time where like, uh, there's something to be said about contentment and knowing that like you have enough, you know, that you've been blessed with enough opportunity. Um, make sure that you're using all the resources that you have as wisely as you can and just doing as much as you can with what you've been, you know, given. Um, but then, you know, you're always trying to figure out like, how do I grow this? Because we always feel like in any business, right? If you feel like if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Um, there's a time and a place I think in most people's ownership, land ownership, where they need to decide like what the transition plan is. Like, Someday, uh, is it going to be like, do you feel that you have one of your kids that's super interested in it or is likely going to be the one that's, you know, steps in or is it going to be multiple? Yeah. I, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, and you're not trying to like put uh, that yeah, on. Right? Yeah. No, I'm not trying to push it. Cause I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't me. Yeah. I mean, 10 years ago or whatever, it wasn't, that wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing for the rest. I mean, I thought I was going to be a farm hand. Yeah. Yeah. with maybe something in the future, but not when I was, you know, 30 years old, right. that, that, that was, I was, that's what it, my yeah. life was going to be. So, I mean, uh, I got a, my son's interested in technology stuff, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. go in the ag world. There's, you know, right. Huge industry. Just, you can do anything in there, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that any of them will, but I mean, ultimately I'm just trying to set ourselves up for, you know, success in the future. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that piece right next to the home farm, you know, someday comes available and right. I can sell that little 40 acre piece to, yeah. to make it work or something. So, right. Well, so that's, that's the other really cool thing about land is that, um, some, some landowners kind of almost become collectors, yeah. you know, I mean, it really is. It's, it's like, they're like, they're buying antiques or like they're buying, you know, trading cards or, or classic cars or something, anything that people get excited about and collect and that hopefully yeah. appreciates in value, they're all assets. But, um, some farmers, once they put their name on something, mm-hmm. they feel like I'm never going to sell that. Like yeah. never, never, you know, if my great grandkids decide to someday, fine, I'll be rolling over in my grave or what, you know, and that's, that's their mindset that like yeah. land should never be sold. Well, you know, sometimes there's, uh, opportunities where a piece comes up that makes sense for you right now because it fits your budget logistically, it works in your operation, um, it you can make it cash flow, it, mm-hmm. it will appreciate well, so it's an investment for you. But your eyes are always kind of open to the fact that like there could come a day where something else comes along that is better suited for you, works yep. better, a little bigger, whatever, and then. That's just a, almost a, a piggy bank or a savings account, if you will, mm-hmm. that like sell it. And as long as we still have a 1031 transaction available for us to use, right. roll that into the next piece that, you know, sures everything up. I would say, uh, you fall uh, in that camp. Yeah. And honestly, I'm kind of taken off where Bill and Marion left off a little bit in the fact that they were really good at that. They mm-hmm. were really good at finding a piece of land that was maybe under market value, buy it, fix it up, mm-hmm. do what they can with it. When something closer back to home, you know, like the year after Marion died, um, 55 acres right next to the house came available and we had to make a decision like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey Bill, what are we doing? Are we buying this? What are, how, yeah. you know, and we ended up selling pasture ground mm-hmm. to buy that 55 acres next to the house. So 
which worked out good because that lightened my cattle load, which <laughs> was which was ultimately good. Ready to have a few less cows at yeah. the time. So, and yeah. then uh, another piece came up, you know, five or six years later that was a family farm that, you mm-hmm. know, it was a big part of our farm that we needed. And uh, so we sold another chunk, you know, with some pasture and some tillable on it so that we could get that one yeah. bought. So, so now, I mean, own a lot of good ground around you know real close to home and uh don't have to travel far and um it's working really good for us yeah and it's you know i don't have employees i have one guy that helps me every once in a while and yeah. then you know you got you kind of have one hired man guy let's yeah. say part-time or yeah i would say part-time yeah i mean seasonal or just like some just some seasons he's kind, more he lives closer clo- to full-time than others. lives close to me yeah. uh was born and raised on a farm yeah farm that size you got to have some help sadly had to sell his farm and uh so he he lives close and i can call him and he'll come over and he loves uh, doing it yeah 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 so still wants to be working on a you farm. know when you put him in a put him in a combine he's like a little kid because you know put him in a What's fairly the- modern combine compared yeah. to a old 6620 or something that he used to run and he's yeah. just he's loving every minute of it yeah so. a little bit more cush yeah what's your favorite part like what's your favorite part cattle or row crop or putting up hay or i mean what is if you could just do one of those things what do you feel like you get the most enjoyment out of huh uh i would say row crop um i like uh i like the technology side of it i like um different you know trying new things seeing seeing what you can change and how much of a difference it makes and yeah i I enjoy that part of it uh most of the time i hate cattle (laughs) just to be brutally honest i i think Uh, most people who own cattle would say yeah yeah so I mean, we all have a love hate relationship, but but I'm the same. I, you know, I, I say that, but at the same time, I'm the guy that uh, that first calf drops on the ground, and I'm taking pictures of it and sending it to Lisa. And oh, look at this, yeah, dude! If a, if an adorable fuzzy little <laughs> baby calf doesn't just melt your heart, yeah, you're you, you don't belong on the farm. And I'll be honest, uh, several of the pastures that we owned when we had a lot of cows mm-hmm. uh, didn't have good fence. Yeah, you know you're always struggling with it. You're that always struggling. Will wear you out. Struggling with cows out, mm-hmm. just nonstop. Well, a few years ago we did an, uh, put another 22 acres in or 24 acres into uh, pasture ground, mm-hmm. and we just we did the equip program, and now right, Which, I have six bar fence around everything. Okay, so, so I, e- equip is environmental quality incentives program. Yep, for people who don't know that, and that's through the okay. FSA. Yep. So it's a USDA program, yep. and as a, a landowner operator, you can apply for basically cost share assistance, right? Yes. With some of those programs, so Equip, in your case, you used it for fencing. Yeah. Did so you guys we put, do it some? T- you can do a lot of different things with it. Anything else, or was it all? Uh, so I I put water drink. I ran water line out, and we have uh, drinkers, frost free drinkers out in the pasture now. That's a game changer. Huge. I didn't think it. I didn't think it would have been, but year like this. Yeah. when all of a sudden you're dried up and mm-hmm. you got water in the middle of the pasture it's pretty nice um so yeah we did six six bar uh fence all the way around the pastures um I'm trying to think what else uh 
it's basically we're setting it up for rotational grazing. Mm -hmm. Now I rotational graze right now, back and forth between the two pastures next year, we'll have interior fences. Uh, so we'll have about seven paddocks gotcha. for the cows. So, yeah. And you, you do pretty much all spring calving or do you do any fall calving now? All spring. Yeah. So I spring or I start in, usually that's, in March. That's by design usually because you're, you want to be calving when you're not in the field right. harvesting. And I absolutely hated calving in January. So, <laughs> and my, my in-laws always yeah. did. They always started late January and <clears throat> I mean, it was just, it can be rough. It, yeah, it can be. And yeah. March can be rough too. You never know what you're going right. to get and yeah, in Illinois. It might not be cold, but yeah. it's going to be muddy. So, yeah. you know, so Mud what do you season. deal with? But, but yeah, so we, we start in March usually. And then, uh, yeah, it's that equip program has been really good. Cause I, I can go on vacation or just, you know, leave for a day or two and have George check the cows and I don't have to worry about them yeah. being all over the county yeah. or something, yeah. so, which is huge. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love row crop. Um, but I also, I mean, there's, there's a part of cattle that I love, but small part. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they're not being knuckleheads and right, you know, trying to kill you at some point or yeah. yeah. So there's so many memes out there and people have made millions of dollars on t-shirt sales and stuff that says like, I'm sorry for what I said when we were working cattle. Yeah. <laughs> like there's it's a true. anybody that sees that <clears throat> understands like there can be nothing more frustrating sometimes than trying to sort cows or trying yeah. to work calves that have never been through a shoot before or trying to, you know, you think you think you have a strong witness until you, <laughs> the old mama cow challenges you, and then you're just like, Argh. so that just brought up a, a quick memory. Uh, that year after Marion died and we got these 86 cows, it was time to wean the calves, and I didn't have any help. And <laughs> I'll never forget, uh, my father-in-law was more of a ramroddy. Uh, cattle sorting guy like foursome i know the type yeah <laughs> and i fall in that category sometimes but uh marion was always one that was just so calm the whole time just mm -hmm. you know if it didn't work the first time that's okay we're gonna do it a second and a third time right Patience. and so <laughs> i wish uh i wish somebody could have recorded the moment when i finally got <laughs> all of those calves weaned i mean it was like i was rocky like running up, <laughs> like, yeah, I did it. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, I was in the pasture screaming. I, re I remember I was just like so proud of myself that I actually did it. Mm -hmm. And I was patient because it, it took about four times, Yeah, you know, and running all around. I mean, there was probably 30 some, 25, 30 some at that pasture that yeah. I, and I did it. Wow. <laughs> but it was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a it gotta, was a, it was a mount, mountain high mountain top moment there for yeah uh, you know you got to celebrate those little wins <laughs> yeah. man yeah I mean, so big milestone moment too though you know like I can imagine weaning that many calves like you know without having adequate help is just yeah you know that's well I went over there with the the I just went over there knowing that it was gonna take me some time mm -hmm. but I just had to be patient and it'll work now and, and it has to get done. It's, there was, there's plenty of times, like you say, that I'm glad there wasn't anybody there because I was screaming, I was yelling, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was, every name in the book came out at the cows, but, but we finally got there. And yeah. so, 
Yeah, I don't know where I sidetracked there, but it was <laughs> just uh, yeah. The getting so what do you think? What's next in your family farm operation? Like where where do you see things? Are you just kind of at a spot where you're like, we're just trying to get more efficient in what we're doing, do a little bit better every year with it? I mean, or do you have any like big plans or goals as far as like changing up grain storage? We, we've talked about that recently. Yeah. I think it was like that's been something a lot of people lately have just been investing more and more in like, Hey, we really need more control over when we take our grain to market and we need more storage yeah. for it to be able to do that. What do you have any, like, is there anything right now that you kind of got your eye on that? Like kind of hoping to make, you know, come to, to together over the next couple of years or I think, I think right now, to be honest, I'm very content in the season. Uh, we, um, I, ever since, I started kind of taking control or whatever, or, you know, trying to run the operation. I've tried to make things more efficient because it's hard to find help. Yeah. And if you're not efficient, you're not going to get your job done. So mm -hmm. we've changed up, um, our grain system dramatically at home. Uh, super easy to dry corn now, efficient. Uh, we can pretty much used to be, we'd pick, pick heavy 22 23% corn till about noon and the bin was full and you had to wait for it to dry mm. so it was a pain now we're basically continuous flowing wet corn into the dryer dryers doing its thing kicking out dry corn into a 40,000 bushel bin and a lot of times uh, I used to think that I was the one that had to sit in the combine because I had to know what everything was doing and I had to see everything. Well, mm -hmm. I can grab the iPad at any time. I can pull it up on my phone at any time, see what the combine's doing. Right. So it's you don't have to be in the cockpit. So, so I, yeah, I like <laughs> dumping the grain. I like checking. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm really the only one that knows how to run the dryer, and so I'm I'm in the tractor and wagons a lot, or truck or semi or whatever it is yeah. where we're at. But you're pretty pleased with like how things are and how things are kind of running right now. Like how much, what percentage of your grain would you say that you, that you store and sell later or dry, or do you guys haul anything straight from the field and go right um, down the road with it? Like this year, our strategy is soybeans are going to go to the, go be sold. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're storing 75 to 80% of our So they'll go straight corn. to like where big river or uh, big river to? or Cargill, mm -hmm. uh, depending on, couple things but yeah. um but yeah we store probably 70 percent of our grain on especially corn on farm uh i don't have as much storage depending on how things work maybe i'll use a grain bin at home but a lot of mine goes and gets sold i sell my marketing guy sells pretty heavy for me you know pre-sale mm -hmm. so that things work out a little better and i don't have to have storage if or, you know, put, hold some storage and pay for it. So, yeah. Yep. um, yeah, I'm really happy with the way things we've made some equipment updates over the years that has made things super efficient. And, you know, a lot of times it's two guys, maybe three guys running the right. harvest yeah. operation and, <clears throat> and it, and I, don't and I'm, have, and I'm efficient at that. Yeah. Don't so, have to have like huge staff. I mean, right. But anytime, like, I think anybody who's in business would agree that probably one of the biggest challenges or biggest headaches you have as a business person is like managing employees. Yeah. And it's not nothing, absolutely nothing against the employees. 
it's just all of the extra stuff that comes with being responsible for somebody else's workload or uh, payroll stuff. Thank goodness you married an accountant. Maybe oh. that makes it a little better. <laughs> like, I, uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy that. I don't have to do anything with finances. <laughs> it's, that part, that part should definitely help, but it's still like, um, if you can, the more manageable things are for you without having like tons and tons of other people that you have to count on and rely on. Yeah. Because yeah, that's everybody, everybody in the business world today mm-hmm. and ag business is no different that like yeah. finding good help and maintaining manpower and training people up and handling payroll and workman's comp and all of those other things that come with, you know, sure. So yeah. And Tice is, uh, my boy's 15 now. Mm-hmm. He's been around the auger cart for about two years now. Does he um, like doing it? He does. Yeah. He, uh, he enjoys it. I, I updated auger carts a couple of years or yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, when he started and my dad, well, I shouldn't say almost everybody that ran the old auger cart, we ended up with a bunch of corn on the ground. Yeah. Cause it was just hard. <laughs> it was hard to operate, but that would be what I would do. So going into the efficiency thing, I made, you know, what every kid wants. The, the auger cart now is ran with a joystick. That's fun. <laughs> so, so it's super <laughs> simple. He enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's looking forward to coming out and, uh, working this fall. He's already talking about it. So awesome. He does a really good job. Yeah. So awesome. I don't know, a couple year, couple years down the road, hopefully one of the girls will get into it and yeah. start helping too. So. Yeah. And who knows a couple years from now, they might be Marion city cops that then end up <laughs> to becoming farmers. <laughs> we, we're going to shy away from that as much as we can, but especially, especially in today's world. But, yeah. But awesome. yeah, no, I, I think everything's, everything's going really good on the farm. Yeah. I'm really blessed. Well, dude, so. I'm super happy to hear that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on again at some point here in the future. I think we could jump into more specifics and kind of, I really want to hear more about, uh, what you're doing with cattle because I know you love cattle. <laughs> Not that I know how much you love cattle. I think, um, because I'm, I'm, you know, I was not raised on a cattle operation. We always had horses. So, yeah. um, and now we have some cows and we're trying to grow that. And so it's like, I still kind of feel like a greenhorn in most respects with that. And I feel like it's fun to talk to people who like seem to almost know everything about cattle, but sometimes I learn more from talking to somebody who just figured stuff out <laughs> <laughs> recently. You're like, yeah. Well, let me tell you what not to do. Cause you- I did this and then I tried that and now I'm doing this and that actually works pretty well with it. Yeah, if you want an expert, I am not the guy no, on cattle. No, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> but yeah, still, I mean, um, sometimes it's cool to like to to have discussions with people and learn from people who are kind of still learning it too. Yeah, because they're they seem more eager to share the information. One, and then the other thing is like just more excited about what they're figuring out that's actually working. Yeah. Um, when we first got into cattle, we had so many friends that are like, Oh, they're a cattle family, they're a cattle family. And we're like, we've got all kinds of people we can call and ask. So we call them and say, Hey, I got an issue here. I, I think it might be foot rot. I don't even really know what's going on. You know, can you help me out here? I mean, and they're just like, well, you know, here, here's what we do, but most people might not do it that way. And like, didn't want to share, honestly, didn't want to share a lot of the information because they, I don't know if they felt like they were going to lead us astray or if it was just, uh, you know, well, we might not be doing things the right way exactly. Or it was like there's trade secrets or something that they just didn't, you know, ultimately it goes down to what, what is your setup? 
Yeah. You know, yeah. some people can get a cow in in five minutes, no matter where they're at, and put it in a pen and give it a shot. And sure. Away you go. Real cowboys. Some of us have to go chase them down on four wheelers and shoot them with darts because <laughs> that's the only way we're going to get them. Because that's what works in your operation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to learn and I'm, trust me, I'm still learning yeah. a lot. I, yeah. There's a lot of roads that I want to go down, but it's just, how do you get there? Yeah. And especially right now, you know, raising five kids and being busy all the time and mm -hmm. sports and all that stuff. It's like, you know, right now. I just need to be content. Yeah. I just need to not try a bunch of new stuff right now. Don't try to spend a lot of extra time because mm -hmm. I got a fam family we're trying to raise. So, right. Which yeah. is top priority. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so awesome so. that you get to raise those kids on a family farm. That's like multi-generational and now is secure because you guys are, you know, in control and have, have kind of gotten a handle on things and doing, seem to be doing like really good job with it. So you we're should be proud of yourself, man. We're trying our best. Yeah. Just All right. Keep plugging away. Well, Shay, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate you coming on as a guest. Um, Thanks for having me. A lot of fun to kind of hear your story, get to hear, you know, the background, of course, but just like to get to share that with people who have that dream of maybe becoming a farmer someday or becoming, you know, uh, a bigger part of a family farm operation. And I think it's good that like people realize that like not everybody, you know, was uh, born and just kind of seemed to be like destined to become a farmer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you won't end up there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also like it doesn't matter what what that it doesn't necessarily even have to be farming. But like if you have family who owns land, there's probably on some level, there's an opportunity there for you. Sure. And, you know, in a lot of cases, like if you if it's a business that you're interested in or whatever, if you just kind of sh start to learn a little bit more about that business, learn a little bit more about the land, because honestly, <clears throat> none of us know how many days we have here. And yeah. so like to hopefully uh, you can transition into one of those roles a lot easier than what some of us, you know, have, yeah. have ended up in. But it's like um, just if you keep your eye on those opportunities and, you know, maybe necessarily don't say, well, that's not the path that I'm on. So I'm really, I don't care. I don't need to know that information. It's like, let your natural curiosity take you that way. Because the more you can learn about it, the more you might like grow to really be excited about that opportunity, you know? And, and then when the day comes that like land is going to transition from one generation to the next generation, you'll be prepared for it, you know? Yeah. And it's cause it's a really big responsibility but just realize early on that you're not in control. You are not in control <laughs> that you, uh, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So yeah, be prepared and don't quit. Well, and know where to put your faith. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shay, thanks a bunch for coming on. Really uh, enjoyed today's episode. Uh, like, and subscribe to join our tribe guys and ring the bell so you can get notifications when we put out more great content. Uh, if you have questions or want to give us a tip on a future topic that we could discuss, go ahead and drop that in the comments below. And thanks again for being here, and we will see you next time on Land Your Ground. <music>